PGA Nation, we are back, and we are taking a rocket. Get it? Because it's like the rocket mortgage. Oh, I see what you did. See what I did there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, we're not taking a rocket. We are having another draft this week. I am pumped. Last week was fun. Um, as weird of a field as it was, Tony deserved it. Tony needed a win. He went out and got it. I'm happy for Tony. All right, and I'm, I'm excited for another interesting week this week that we have here at the Rocket Mortgage, Rocket Mortgage Detroit Golf Club. Uh, it should be a fun week for those of us following along on Twitter. Uh, Steffi Smalls was going to join, but due to a scheduling snafu, it's the OG crew only tonight. We're getting a new draft audience. You'll have your own team. Uh, but first, we got to congratulate Spencer on a big win last week. Now, I don't know what the final tally was. But it had to be close because I had Tony. So you couldn't have beaten me by that much. Uh, Spence, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. It was a pretty tight battle between um, Sia. Uh, Sia actually came in second. Uh, it was very close Not between good. the two of us. And then I think the problem with like the problem with Sia's lineup is Hideki just decides to pull out of the tournament. And that's really what cost Sia from having more success. And then I don't remember for exactly the reason with yours, Joel. I think you had two or three players that missed the cut. And I just had a bunch of like consistency. I had Tom Hoagie, Sung J M, Ju Young Kim, um, Maverick McNeely, all those guys earned 70 plus points. So I was able to grind it out, trying to go for the first three peat on the show this week. I've tried two other times, been unsuccessful. Maybe the third time's the charm with it. So going to try my best to pull that off. All right. Well, that's not going to happen because I'm taking you down this <laughs> week. Yeah, how you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing really good. Uh, I have, um, I already have my first pick picked out. I, I think I'm picking fourth. The audience is picking third. That's breaking news that I'm breaking right now. I'm going to shock the world with my my first pick. He's going to be way down the board, and he's going to win this tournament. Uh, believe it or not. So, uh, how just sure are you that he won't be taken before you pick? I am 99.9% sure he's not going to be taken. Right, or so yeah, he or she. I don't want to give any hints away. It's fair. It's fair. Yeah. Let's make sure that doesn't happen. Let's we gotta take care of that. We're gonna still see his pick in the first three picks. That's for sure going to happen. How how far down the board are we talking? Extremely far down the board. Okay. All right. Noted. Noted. Audience, do some research. Let's figure out how we can still see his pick. <laughs> we are on it. Uh, but before we dive into the draft. For those of you who might be new tonight, but no one's new because let's be right, everyone listens to this show every week. But for those of you that maybe are a newer listener, Spencer does the best course breakdown you're going to find. We're going to tell you what you need to look for this week when you're picking your golfers. Uh, and this week's a challenging one because this course is super easy. So it's like if you're good at golf or you can get the ball in the hole, you should do well here. So Spence, tell us, what does the course breakdown look like here for Detroit Golf Club? We get one of those dreaded venues where all the statistical metrics are pushing our research into showing a full-blown putting contest. We don't have to look any further than strokes gain off the tee approaching around the green, all grading below average when it comes to dispersion of scoring. That naturally means putting will receive the brunt of the impact when the situation occurs, which we see with the strokes gain putting accounting for 41.6% of all the critical data points for the week. That is a total that is as high as you will see all year on tour. And it creates this awkward situation where we either have to go with the flow and hope to find good putters, or as everyone knows by now with how I typically handle these cases, get extremely outside the box and try to overcomplicate the process, you know, with the hope that more equals better results. Uh, the problem with all of that is, and, and we can look at this in a lot of ways, like I don't want to read off too many stats this week. Golfers are going to hit 4% more fairways. There's an 11-yard increase in distance from 282 to 293 yards. We have a combination of bent grass and POA. They're going to roll on the slower side of the equation. But the problem is, is if any of that that I just said mattered, we wouldn't see distance be 3% less impactful when we're looking at strokes in off the tee. It continues to push us into this zone that all the numbers are kind of showing a putting contest with it. So I decided to get unique, and I started with weighted proximity plus weighted putting for 35%. I wanted to find the players that were going to create the most chances from the anticipated proximity distances and then added in the likelihood for them to make those putts. I thought that was a much savvier way to add an exorbitant amount of putting to the mix. I did 15% on weighted par four for, uh, for 15%. I combined all 10 par fours and took a projected proximity total for each player in the field to find who would be most likely to like the distances presented. 
That's a very similar sentiment with how I handled the previous section. Uh, weighted par 5, 20%. These will be your four easiest chances of the week. And I took 70% of birdie or better on all par fives over the past two years and mixed it with 30% proximity from over 200 yards. Overall, birdie or better, 10%. It's a really straightforward statistic, but golfers are nearly 45 golfers in an event are reaching double digit totals here over the first three iterations. This is a very simple course. I did weighted off the T plus weighted approach for 10%. That took all recalculated proximity totals for Detroit Golf Club and merged it with total driving. And then sand save 10%. I don't know how much I love this category, but I still have it running as of right now. Um, you know, maybe you could say, I know Nick and I were talking about this on Better Golf Pod. He thought 5% would probably be more of a standard way that you should go with it. Maybe I'll lower it by 2.5%, put that 2.5% someplace else. But I'm really looking for guys that are going to be able to control their irons and then make the putts. So give me the guys that are going to create opportunities and then the guys that are more likely to make them. And um, I don't know if you guys saw what's going on in the chat, but Jason Mizrahi, who is the sort of the kingpin of this Wind Daily Sports outfit thing we got going on, he says, smash that like button if Spencer crushed the course breakdown. So everybody, go ahead and press the like button, smash the like button, whatever kind of vigor you choose. Oh, and we got the easy button for later, by the way, uh, for, for first round leaders and, and, and outrights. But uh, one thing I did want to bring up, since you brought up Nick uh, Spencer, there's some football chat in here because of this Julio Jones signing. People are kind of like making some, some funny jokes about who's going to draft who first and Julio Jones is one of the guys. But somebody said Russell Gage, his value is going down because Julio's there. I actually totally disagree. I think his value is going up in the sense that he'll fall a few spots and you know create even more value for himself. But the reason I'm even talking football is because, Spencer, your partner, Nick Brettwish, from the Better Golf Pod, which you just recorded, which is probably out. You can listen to it after this show. He's joining me on Fantasy Football Today DFS tomorrow night. So I just wanted to put that out there, that we are cross-promoting, we are cross-breeding, whatever you want to say. But Nick is going to be joining me. He's usually just with Spencer. It's almost football season, so buckle up because Wind Daily doesn't just do golf. They don't just do MLB, NBA, NASCAR, MMA. They do everything, and they're huge. We are huge in NFL, so please make sure that if you haven't signed up already, this is probably the time to do it because we are getting close to football season. But definitely listen to Nick and I tomorrow night. Before we dive into the to the golf tournament, I was like positive that Julio Jones was going to go to the Packers. It just made so much sense. They desperate yeah. for a receiver. They have a quarterback. He was available. What are the Packers doing? Okay, um, real quick, I just got to say this because Jason and I do the Saturday night uh, SiriusXM show. Prince of Mukamara came on with us literally two months ago. His exact words, I'm going to go back and find it somehow. His exact words were, Julio Jones has been in Tom Brady's DMs. He was on the show with us. He said that specifically, and he said, Julio Jones will be with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow. Here we are. Well, there you have just, it. Just throwing that out there for you. Just win daily sports, breaking news left and right. So that's how we do things around here. Not only that, not only did we already tell you where Julio Jones was going two months ago. We also every week tell you who the first round leader of every golf tournament is going to be on Tuesday before it happens on Thursday. So, yeah. you know, I'm not saying that we can predict the future, but, you know, I'm just saying. That's I'm all I'm saying. It's a fact we have a draft to get to, and I am pumped. So I'm going to pull the draft board up. We have the draft order. Sia gave us a tease. We're going to go, was it Spencer? Yeah, me, you, audience, Sia. There it is. We have it in. Um, as I pull this up, Spencer, I'm going to need to ask you to – oh, it's updated. There we go. Now I can share my screen. And without further ado, Spencer, you're on the clock. Sia, Sia has now put, like, the fear in me on what I'm going to do. And this is either the greatest, like, bluff I've ever seen before. And, I mean, I'm sure there's not the player that – he's talking about is the one that I was going to take. And now I wish I didn't have the number one pick because this is creating a massive disaster being the number one selection. And it's going to be a while for it to get back to me, but could be a bluff Spencer. It could be a bluff world oh, series of poker made event casher here. I think you're bluffing me. And the problem is, is even if you're not bluffing me, what are the chances that it's the same player? And that's the problem that we've come down to here. And you know, one of the problems, I guess, just in general for me is I release my model every single week and I release it for free. So everybody knows exactly who I like. And I don't mean you directly see it like 
the audience. I haven't also- just FYI, just so you know, just for peace of mind purposes, I on my life, I haven't looked at it this week. So you have you can take comfort that I don't know who you value this week. Well, the problem is the audience does know, and now I've made too big of a hoopla about this. I think I have to do it, and this might be the wildest number one pick that has ever been ever been done on this show in history before. I will take Sung You'll Know six thousand dollars. Yes! <laughs> Holy cow! I, oh, I gotta I, be honest. Go ahead. The, no, I was just going to say I love him as a top 40 bet. Uh, that's plus 440. I think that's one of the best values I've seen in a really long time. Like the only player that's ever graded this, I guess, bullish for me with what I'm looking for on it would be Seamus Power a couple years ago, maybe a year ago when before he went on this run. And pretty much everything about Sung you'll know my model likes. So he's ninth in my model from an overall rank standpoint. Uh, he's number one from putting from 10 to 15 feet, which you can say that that's maybe not the biggest concern here, but it is a putting contest, but he's number four in my model when looking at weighted proximity plus weighted putting. I'm going to trust that. Now this is going to create this weird dynamic for me based off of how I go there. Cause now I've really opened up a lot of salary, but, uh, some, you'll know 6,000 first pick of the draft. Well, right. I, I am officially scrambling because I couldn't have imagined you were going to take my guy first. And so I got to figure out where how I'm going to pivot. It was a joke. I wasn't going to say Joel, that, that was the guy I was going to take. Unbelievable. The fact that you were able to do that, that's, you know, kudos. Kudos. That was good I, stuff all around. I planned on taking him. So what I was going to do is he was going to be my second pick to secure him and um, like, I didn't know where Sia was going to go with it, but when he said it was down on the board, I'm like, well, you can't get lower than Sung you'll know at this point. <laughs> That's true. I, I, this is the first time in the history of any golf draft that the minimum priced golfer was the first overall pick. It's the first time that a 6K golfer, I think, was the first overall pick. It, yeah. it also it may is. be the first time a 6K golfer was drafted. Let alone no. being the first. It's questionable. You mean in the first round? At all. Well, there's not no, many drafted a lot of golfers that have been drafted. I took, had, I took Phil Mickelson at 6,000-something. That didn't work out very well. But six flat, that's another level of low. That is like the – anyway, we move on. Good pick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am going to a uh, tough one here. I'm going to go with – I'm going to go to the top. I'm, I'm going to go away from my normal strategy of value because I do feel like – I want to get one of these studs up top. And I think the guy to go with this week is going to be Cameron Young. I think this is the week he finally pulls through and pulls out a tournament. Um, priced appropriately, he's going to you know be great off the tee. Not that he needs it because he is accurate too, but he'll be able to plow some of those out there. And if he is a little wild, that shouldn't hurt him. Uh, he is a good putter. So if someone in a putting contest, um, I think he should do well for him. Uh, I have to pay up for him here at 10K, but uh, I'm willing to do so and, and kind of balance up my lineup. Uh, from here on out. Yeah, I, I, I think there's only, I mean, there's only so many ways you can go up top. I mean, Cameron Young is certainly one of the options that I think a lot of people are going to be considering this week. Yeah. I mean, Cameron Young is definitely a guy you can, you can, you can bet and take in DFS. What is his ownership tracking at? I, I got to think it's, it's pretty tall. So he's 18.2%, which would be the third player behind um, Patrick Cantlay and Max Homa. Those would be the only two guys above him. All right. Well, it looks like the audience already has their pick in, and it is none other than Denny McCarthy, a guy I like. He's such an interesting guy because if you look at the betting market, in most places yesterday, he was somewhere between 35 and 40 to 1, which honestly was like pretty short. I, I thought he'd be in the 50 to 1 range. At Caesars, though, he was 70 to 1. So if you had Caesars, I, I tweeted that out. If you had Caesars as an option, like you could have bet Denny McCarthy at 70 to 1. I'm, I'm guessing that number is gone. But obviously, he's an incredible putter. Um, he's game putting 16 tournaments in a row, which I just find staggering. Uh, as far as scoring, birdie making, you know, it would make sense that he's around the top 20, last 24 rounds with that too, as good as the putter has been. Uh, how about you guys though? Uh, Spencer, let me start with you. What, are Is Denny in your pool? He's not for me. He's somebody that I am fading in matchups in general. Um, I have a bet, I believe it's Adam Hadwin over him. Um, 
I, I don't know. I mean, McCarthy is just not a player that I can get myself to this week. I, I've kind of like, even though this is a putting contest, I've devalued putting in some ways by trying to take weighted proximity and, and looking at it in that regard with it. So um, McCarthy is not a golfer that I'm necessarily looking to put into a player pool this week. All right. Well, I've got back-to-back. And Joel, what about you? Is Denny in your pool? I like Denny. I play Denny a lot. I, I'm with Spencer in that, you know, what looks like the common uh, distances here in terms of, like, short wedges aren't really his strength, so it's not a great thing for him there. But in terms of it being a putting contest, you know, he can get as hot as a putter as anyone. So I like him from that perspective. I'm not going to be super overweight on him, but I will be playing. All right. Okay, so okay, so this is why you have to listen. You can't just watch like clips of this show unless you're watching the end because then we give you our, our winners. But it wasn't Sung Gil, no. But I, the, that wasn't who I was going to take. I, I think it's a great pick. But I knew David in the chat knew who I liked because I told him that I bet this guy outright already and as first round leader already. He goes off in the morning. And by the way, David, I'm never telling you who I like before Tuesday at 8 o'clock p.m. ever again because you just shared it with the chat. It is. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it is none other than it's already in there. I don't even have to say his name. I, I'm really big on Patrick Rogers this week. Disclaimer, I was really big on Hideki Matsuyama last week, and we saw what happened there. So I go all in on guys. I, I tend to do that. I don't put in a lot of lineups week to week. It's a lot of single entry stuff. Um, so I'm just Patrick Rogers is either going to make or break me. I, I just kind of spilled the beans on one of my first round leaders in him. But listen, the guy has been unbelievable with the putter. He's great off the tee, as we know. But I think people don't realize that the approach game is actually really coming around for Patrick Rogers. So the complete game is there to the extent he has an issue. It's around the green and around the green. That's really not going to hurt you there. If, if you're if if you're trying to get up and down here, you're, you're probably in pretty bad shape as it is. So I'm completely discounting around the green. And I like where the putting is at. I like where the ball striking is at. I think 7,100, I don't want to say it's like a misprice necessarily, but if he was 7,600, I'd be just as interested in him. It's like the same thing. And I, I mean, I seem to just be naming a bunch of players right now, which I don't mind doing, but Patrick Rogers, Wyndham Clark, these are guys that at least possess that quality of, they give you distance and they give you putting. They give you a skill set that can find success at a venue like this. Right. Um, and, and I'll just be quick with my second guy. I'm going to go to the top of the board here. Um, I'm going to go to Patrick Cantley. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I'm not necessarily in love with any of these four guys at the top. I, I think they all have like incredible upside. They're, they're the four, they're, they're, they're ranked appropriately. I would say the top five, top six are ranked appropriately in terms of, hey, these are the six guys that have the best chance to win the tournament. I'm expecting Patrick Cantlay to, like, first of all, his finishing positions over the last five or six tournaments all have been great. I'm not looking at it now, but I think he's like top, he's inside the top 15 over his last five or six tournaments straight. It's kind of FedEx Cup season for him where he kind of puts his foot on the pedal and all of a sudden he's he's six in the FedEx Cup standings right now. He'll be second if he wins this tournament. And it's, it's just one of those things where Cantley just always surprises you around this time of year when you look up and it's like, oh, this guy's this guy's third in the FedEx Cup standings. I didn't even think he was having that great of a year. It's a birdie fest. We know he's been successful there. Uh, I just he can get hot with the putter. His scoring birdies, DK points, however you want to look at it, is pretty great. So I, I just I think uh, again I think he's the class of this field, which I thought Hideki was as well. But I'm going to go ahead and roll with Cantley. That's who I was going to take number one overall originally. So. Did I bluff you into some you'll know? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Got him. Got him. <laughs> Here we go. All right, audience. That worked. Okay, so David nominated. Okay, it looks like we have the second person in. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, is it? Is it Max Homa? Maybe the audience, maybe the audience can verify that. It looks like it's Max Homa. I thought it was somebody else, but it looks like Max Homa has been nominated. So Max Homa is the pick. What do you guys think of Max Homa? Joel, let me start with you. I like Homa a lot this week. I think you're getting a good price on a guy who's just been super consistent on tour. I mean, getting top 20 finish after a top 20 finish. Uh, he's an all-around game. It should suit well for this course. And, you know, there's probably five, four to five guys in this top range that I'm prioritizing, him being one of them and at the lowest price. So all those reasons he makes sense. The one negative to him this week is the ownership. And let's just see where that gets to. But if that gets too high... It might not make sense, but I, I do like him this week. Yeah, I like Homa a lot myself. So uh, the way I was planning on playing this would be 
I mean, you could say in whatever order it would be. I obviously went the wrong direction with it, but it was going to be some you'll know, Patrick Cantley, Max Homa. Now I'm in the spot where I'm going to end up with a lineup of Webb Simpson and Jason Day, and this will be the (laughs) downfall of me again. That's fantastic. All right, Joel, it's on you. Who do you got after Cameron Young? All right. So I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with someone who is just rating out really well. as He's been hot. My hesitation with him early on was his heater was at tournaments that were, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, JV events. They weren't, you know, the strongest fields. But he's just been playing so well recently. Uh, and the price tag is so fair on him that um, I'm going to go with Mark Hubbard. Um, you know, he's third at the Barbasol, 13th at that, the John Deere. He's been getting a ton of strokes with his irons on approach. He grades out really well in those wedges, short irons that are going to be the most common shots at this course. And he's shown, especially recently, I mean, he's gained significant strokes with his putter each of the last four tournaments. So if this is a putting best he shows, he can get certainly get hot there as well. So a lot of signs pointing to why he's a good play this week. I think my concern is this is a bit of a stronger field than what he's been excelling in recently. And now that ownership looks, you know, kind of high on him at almost what I'm seeing, almost 14%. I like the price tag on Hubbard. I I think there's a reason why he's 14% owned. Like, I I don't have a problem with him. The only thing, and maybe one of you two have the answer to it. What was the reason for why he pulled out of the tournament last week? Sia, you're on mute. The, the speculation that I heard from Rick uh, yesterday, and it was he admitted it was speculation, was that he had played a certain number of tournaments in a row, and he's going to be playing the balance of the rest of the tournaments through the FedEx Cup playoffs, and he needed a resting spot. Perfect. And then. so yeah, I love that. That's fine. and so this made uh, last week made sense for his his resting spot, especially since it, it's uh, he's considered a better course fit here than than last week. Yeah, that that's that's great. I mean, as long as it's something like that. Um... I, I think he's a really good price, and uh, I, I don't have a problem with him at 8000 Quick point here, because um, Jesse, thank you for joining the show. He asked if uh, the weather was looking bad for the PM wave on Thursday. I've seen a couple different um, reports. I know David is the guy that's really on top of it for us at Wind Daily. He'll be in our Discord chat tomorrow. He says here that 35 to 40 mile per hour gusts Thursday PM if current forecast remains. I- I've seen a forecast. I was probably looking at something different um, that had definitely higher wind Thursday PM and certainly high gusts, but they weren't necessarily that high, but it was, there was definitely a stark difference, which is why my focus is going to be personally on the Thursday AM. And when I give you my first round leaders, they will all be Thursday AM guys. Yeah. To me, that's more of like a first round leader type of way I'm looking at it. I'm not going to necessarily build lineups in that facet with it. Uh, But if we're looking at first round leaders, like other than Sung, you'll know who I'm just going to bet in every capacity that I can this week. I believe everybody else is in the morning for me. Mm-hmm. but nice. all right guys i will make my next two picks and unfortunately now i'm in a spot where it seems like i could have taken i mean even if i would have taken homa which i was considering also as that first pick if i would have taken homa or can't lay um i could have taken sung you'll know and i could have taken the next player that i wanted and this is a much better build than i'm gonna end up end up with at this point but the first player i'm going to take in i know he's not going to be extremely popular when we look at players that are at least priced next to him that's going to be Will Zalatoris at 10,400. So I still think Zalatoris is one of the better options in this field. Like I would prefer Cantlay if we're just talking directly about upside, but Zalatoris is the number one player for me when it comes to weighted proximity. He's the number one player when it comes to strokes gain total driving. And that's an emphasis on distance there. And sure, the putter is bad. And you can make the argument that in a putting contest, maybe this is not the venue that you want to play him at if he's not going to make enough putts. But I just think he's going to give himself so many opportunities with the way that he strikes the ball that I wouldn't be surprised if Zalatoris can pull this off. Like if he wins this, maybe this is what he needs. Just a tournament where he can just, just completely control his irons and, and find success that way. And then it becomes difficult after there, what exactly I want to do. Um, I guess I will go with the player that was number one in my model. And I do have some concerns about him, but I'll take Cameron Davis. He's the defending champion. The form looks really good. Three straight top 16 finishes and pretty much however I ran the stats. Like there's a reason why he won this tournament last year. Uh, Number one for upside, number one overall. He's number one in a handful of stats that I looked at. So 
Uh, I'll go with the Zalatoris Cam Davis route. I kind of need to go a little bit more aggressive with starting with Sung Yul No, and uh, that'll make this very simple for me of how I want to play it from there. All right. I was, I mean, I certainly, if, if Cam Davis had made it back to me, which I didn't anticipate, I, I certainly would have taken him there. He's on my short list for sure. And I believe he goes off in the morning as well. He, to the extent you want to consider that he's seven eighteen AM in the morning. So he's not just in the morning, but he's on the earlier side of that morning wave. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm being honest, Cameron Davis was someone I just had to erase out of my next pick as I was going to, <laughs> he was in the guys I was going to take. So, um, Obviously, I like that pick. Uh, I love the way he even looked last week, right? He was he was playing really well. I think he's going to find some momentum. I mean, the one concern I might have with him is is the price tag where, you know, it is a bit high. There's some guys up top sure. that I like that you'll probably have to sacrifice playing if you do play him, but he certainly seems like someone that can compete this week. Um, for my next pick, I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to try and find some more value here in the 7K range, a guy that's that's been playing well. There's actually a few guys down in this range that I like, so it was kind of hard to narrow down my options. Um, and so I, who I'm going to end up taking here is, is Chris Kirk. He found a little bit of a lull maybe the last two weeks, uh, but this is a guy who's shown the ability to really heat up with his irons, and he's the capability of competing in a putting contest, right? We know he can gain strokes putting. He's tend to like – you know, he's been kind of like turning it on for a tournament then kind of turning back and turning it back on for a tournament, so – I'm finding I'm hoping this is that turn in that wave that that he really shows up and gets us another top 10 and at 7800 I certainly think he's worth uh, the price tag. All right. Yeah, I like the pick. Spencer? Uh yeah, I mean my my model likes him. I I don't love the ownership. That's like the one negative thing I would say about him, but What is it? Uh I'm seeing 15% which oh would gosh. put which would put him 6th overall from an ownership perspective. That's not great. Yeah, so that's never great. Yeah. That's too high for him. I would agree. Yeah. All right. So the audience is nominating. We've got a couple nominations in from David. Oh, wait. Did that guy already get drafted? No, he didn't. Okay. We got David. We've got Kim. Oh, excuse me. Um, Justin, Jesse. We need a second on one of these guys. I don't think we have one yet. A couple of you are naming some of the stars of um, of a, a lyric submitted to the First Cut Pod from David Bolesky yesterday. Hopefully you've caught that on my Twitter. It's uh, it's good stuff. All right, we got it. We got, uh, looks like Kucher was nominated twice, right? Yes. Okay, so Matt Kucher is the audience pick. All right. Well, he's not really on my radar this week. I think I understand the rationale. Do either of you two playing him this week? I don't know. I mean, like my model likes him from a safety perspective. Um, he's 48th overall for me. I, I don't know. I'm not going to talk anybody out of him, but he's not like the first person I would be looking for. Like if we're talking about $7,500 golfers. Give me Jason Day. Mm, wow. I, I, that's, a, that's a joke, by the way. I don't want people <laughs> to actually play Jason Day, but. You know, right. I can see how you come around to Kuchar. Uh He's not in my player pool right now. Uh, I don't love him. I just think he's. For me, someone I'd prefer in a small tournament or a cash lineup than I would in a tournament GPP. I that's kind of the sentiment that I have. Like the safety metrics look better than the upside metrics for me. Agreed. All right, so it's on me, and I'm kind of in a tough spot because as much as I want to stack the morning, I, I just I can't do that. There's no way I can get six guys the way that we're drafting uh, and get six guys in the morning. So wait a minute, I just need to make sure that this one guy hasn't been drafted i am like shocked right now that this guy hasn't been drafted so let me just double check something wow okay all right so tony finau hasn't been drafted uh, what is going on here i mean listen I'm, I'm not saying he's like some amazing smash play but give me tony at this point in the draft i am more than happy to take tony finau off the board it gives me an average remaining of 7200 which really doesn't bother me because i'm going to pepper this tournament with guys in the 7k 7100 7200 range i might even dip down to the to a high 6k range with that in mind give me grayson sig at 7100 i got i've got upside for days right now i really like this lineup by the way all four of these guys so far are in the am wave uh grayson sig his last four finishes seventh 26 27 16th that's his last four 
Uh, it's been incredible ball striking, but the putter has also been pretty good. I, I am definitely focusing on putting here. If you're a straight-up bad putter, I'm not trying to get lucky with the putter this week. So you have to be pretty consistent with the putter for me to roster you this week. And Sig is kind of like with our sample size isn't gigantic with Grayson Sig, but he's been very good. I, I was on him last week as well, and he certainly paid off for me. So these two guys right here in a tournament, uh, I, I love the upside of my team so far. Like the Cantlay female, and, and by the way, you could you could have, I mean, like Cantlay female, Cam Davis, any of those guys, you can fit three of them into a build this week. And I really think the Cantlay female route is a sexy way to to go about this. That's so much more preferred than kind of the route that I've built in. I was gonna take female if he fell to me and just live in the six thousand dollar range because I really don't have a problem doing that this week. But yeah. Um, now it's kind of put me in a bind of what to do here. I would so I, I love the female pick for the record. Awesome. Oh, but the, see, you're going to get a lot of praise here. Before we move on to the next, like, I love Grayson Sig this week. I think that's a great sneaky awesome. pick. He's low ownership. He's for three weeks in a row. He's been crushing his irons. The putter looks to be coming around. He's one of my favorite value plays this week as well. Awesome. I love that. All right. We are we we're getting nominations, but we need some seconds. We've got – David, Jesse, Justin have made several nominations. We need a second for any of these guys that have been nominated. By the way, if you're watching, we got some new watchers, new viewers right now. Go ahead and hit that like button for us. We do appreciate it. And we will reward you for hitting the like button with a, a stone cold lock first round leader and outright at the end of this show. You're welcome ahead of time. All right. So we, okay, we got a second for looks like Danny Willett, Ivan and David Bolesky. B. Lesky uh, have nominated Danny Willett. Uh, that's an interesting play. He was great last week. Um, he's really coming on. David and I talked about this earlier. You know, he's he's kind of like lingering around that FedEx Cup standings, you know, top 125, uh, being on the outside looking in there. So he has a lot to play for. And, and if you want to play that narrative up, well, maybe that's an explanation as to why he was so locked in last week. I mean, that's just it's kind of a small sample size. But I think Willett's a really sneaky play. I'm assuming – his ownership is super low, but I don't know that for a fact. Uh, one point, I just saw it. It's 1.9%. Yeah, how's that for a tournament play? I, I mean, that's that's like, to me, that's the intrigue of playing him. Will it's not necessarily on my player pool this week, but I mean, anytime you're talking about a, a golfer that's going to be sub 2%, at least it gives you some outs in some different ways if you are seeing something that, you know, my model is not the be all end all to it. Like there's a lot of weeks where it's right. It's a lot of weeks where it's wrong with it. So, well, uh, I mean, Spencer, he's not going to write out well in models. I mean, he's been a complete disaster. And, yeah. and, and so I, I kind of agree with you. You can't just go off last week and be like, oh, here we go. That's a trend. Like, but I, he, he's one of those guys that just kind of randomly pops here and there. So, I, I mean, I, I kind of get it if you want to play him as a tournament play at, at one or 2%. But yeah, it's certainly not somebody. Listen, if Danny Willett is on your team and he misses the cut, you can't exactly say to yourself like, oh man, I can't believe Danny Willett missed the cut. Like, yeah, you, and the and the ownerships, sorry. I'm sorry, and the ownerships not necessarily following that of what he did last week. That is where the concern would be with it. If we're looking at a golfer that comes in seventh place at the 3M Open and then all of a sudden he's going to be 8% owned. Like that's yeah. what you don't want. At least like you can maybe get ahead of this curve if he has turned his game around a little bit. Fair enough. And David makes the argument for Willett in the chat. Um, I think some of those gains were were super minimal, but they're, they're gains nonetheless. I know last week he was a monster, um, but yeah, it's all it's all good stuff uh, coming, or some good stuff at least to justify the pick coming from Willett. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, Joel, it's on you. All right, I'm going to take a, a pick. You know, I, I'm seeing what I'm doing with my team, and my my ownership after this pick is going to be unacceptably high. I get that, <laughs> um, and I will figure out how to make up for that later. But I really like Chris Godrup. I think, you know, this is a course that should suit him well. Um, his ball striking has been, you know, really, really strong. He's one of those guys that, like, if he finds a hot putter this week, I think he can win the tournament. So at 7400 I think it's just a really good price tag on him. Again, his ownership is, is high. It was it was probably higher on him in the, the week before when he was, like, 30%. Now I'm looking closer to, like, 15 which is still high, but at least more reasonable for him. I'm getting criticism for calling uh... – Will it a complete disaster? But I mean, I'm looking at it here. I mean, he hasn't gained more than 
like one and a half strokes on approach in like, I don't know, seven tournaments in a row. And a lot of them are like big time losers on approach. And he's a big time loser off the tee. Like, I don't know, four out of the last six, five out of the last seven. So, I mean, whatever the putting is definitely coming around. You can get hot with the putter, whatever. Um, let's see. Uh, Chris got up. Yeah. I, I like it. I wonder what, so is he chalky this week? Are, is, are people going back to the well here? Butter ups chalky 24 seven. I think moving forward until something changes with that. Yeah. So uh, 14 and a half, 15% right now, but Jeez. it's a, I mean, I, I think it's hard to argue. I mean, we don't really know what he is at this point. It's probably too cheap of a price tag at 7,400. So, I mean, if you're looking at that, like you're going to have to make a stance with him. You're either going to have to go overweight and you know, you're going to have to play him at 30% plus, which I don't hate that, but you also have to remember he's a young player that we don't exactly know what to expect from him. But 12th in my model from an overall rank, my numbers seem to really like him and he's kind of steady across the board, whether that be from upside or safety. So um, it's another player. Like I know I've given this answer a lot on this show right now, but I'm not going to talk anybody into him. I'm not going to talk anybody out of him. I think he certainly has the upside to find success at a tournament like this. Yeah. And, and to the extent you're emphasizing the putter, a, we have a too small of a sample size for him, but B, to the extent you want to look at that, he he's a, I mean, he's gained in a pretty significant way in, you know, two out of the last five tournaments with the putter. And of course, you know, the, the two of those he's lost in a reasonably significant way, but certainly has the opportunity to pop with the putter. So has the game here to actually top 10 this thing. I would agree with that. All right, Spencer, uh, we've taken most of your guys. You guys here have you taken are. all my guys. Here you Everybody's are gone. First overall pick. I tricked you into taking some you'll know. Um, did I mention the World Series of Poker main event thing? I, I think I might have. Um, I, I, I love when I get to flash that uh, here and there. Uh, Spencer, you got two picks. I don't know how you're going to do this. You know, I, I will say one thing with some you'll know, and I, I noticed this in just the audience just saying it over and over again. I saw some you'll know's name when you mentioned that you were going down the board. His name came up so many times that I was sitting there thinking like, well, if you don't do it, the audience might do it. And I don't want to get stuck in that spot where I, I kind of get trapped there. But yeah, obviously now I've put myself in a precarious bind where this isn't really a simple solution of where to go. Um, if I take one player, it really makes it complicated. And I do want to mention him at the end because I do think he's a very good play. But the first player I will take, and this is the only player that I know what I'm doing with right now, would be Adam Hadwin at 8400 So he's one of the positive values in my model in the $8,000 range, and there's not a ton of them when I'm looking at players from top to bottom. I guess, like, technically there would be two, or there'd be three. Hubbard would be one of them. Hadwin would be the other. And I just really like Hadwin this week. I think he can compete in a birdie fest. I, the metrics across the board look the way I want them to with it. Like he's inside the top 11 from an overall rank perspective. So uh, if I take Hadwin, let me put this in very quickly. They'll give me 77.50 left. Um, you guys want to give a thought on Hadwin and let me figure out what I want to do here. Yeah. I, I noticed on, um, I took notice to Nick had a tweet earlier today. Maybe you just referenced this, that he was like, it seemed like he was all in on Hadwin. Hadwin's just such a mysterious case. Like, I think he can be successful here for sure. We've seen his type of game be successful here, but we haven't seen Adam Hadwin be really great consistently, consistently lately. I mean, depends what you define as lately because two months ago he was, he was really great. So I don't know how to kind of monitor that trend and evaluate it, but I think Adam Adam Hadwin is really sneaky. I don't know if you mentioned his. Did you mention his ownership? Uh, it's going to be seven and a half percent. So it's See, on the, that's that's yeah. beautiful. At that price and that ownership, it's like we've completely forgotten the fact that Adam Hadwin is good. And because of this bomb and gouge narrative that I think is is fine, but I think the opposite is fine too, as guys like Kevin Kisner have proved. I think Adam Hadwin fits really nicely into a lineup at that ownership. That's I can't believe he's not closer to nine or ten percent. That I, I mean, I think he should be higher than that. And yeah. uh, Hadwin, Hadwin is the hammer kid play of the week, I believe, for Nick. Oh, wow. David dropping the knowledge here, too. Thank you, David. Um, wow, that's amazing. All right. So did you make two picks already? That's my first pick. And uh, uh, I feel like I'm Joel right now. 
I mean, I just, the addiction that I have is just incredible. I, I can't, like, there was no world that I was doing this. There's, like, I know, like, we can joke about that. I, I do this every single week and it burns me every single week and I'm sure it's going to burn me again. But give me Webb Simpson, 8,300, and I'm going to bet on the upside with him because at some point the upside has to come to fruition. Like, my model likes him too much every single week for it not to be the case. He's 13th overall, which, that isn't necessarily what I'm looking at, but number two for upside. So I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's the, this isn't the route I wanted to go. And it doesn't even necessarily, unfortunately, give me a guy. I think that leaves me like 7,200 left. I don't necessarily have a player at 7,200 that I'm like itching to put into a lineup to begin with. So uh, this isn't an optimal build, but you know, I'll, I'll figure out a last player before this is all said and done. Um, I, I don't, I don't hate that pick. I mean, you, you would think that Webb Simpson would be coming into form sometime around the Wyndham championship. I, I, that's a better course fit for him, but you know, I, I think if you're, if, listen, if you're going to lean on guys like Adam Hadwin, which I think is perfectly acceptable, then you can lean on guys like Webb Simpson. And I'm sorry, did you mention his ownership? Because I got to think that's pretty low too. Well, I assume it would be like, in a normal world would have been like three or 4%, but I beat this drum every single week so hard that I've moved this to about 10 and a half percent. That's fantastic. All right. Um, Joel, we're back to you. All right. All right. I'm going to go with the guy. I, you know, I, you can tell the theme of my team is the kind of hot hand. I, I've been really taking some guys who have shown some really good current form and, uh, and that's going to be Tom Kim, uh, Ju Young Kim. Um, I, I like that pick a lot. He's you know super affordable here. He's been playing really well. If you notice last week, his ownership was really high. This week, it's not. It's only about seven percent, which is totally playable at seventy six hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, his approach play has been elite. He's been a mixed bag. We've seen him be able. To, we've seen him have weeks where he's putted well. Um, he's had some pretty poor putting weeks. He's going to need to find the putter this week to compete. But if he does, I think he can have a really good result. That was the other route I was considering would be to take. You know, may, maybe Adam Hadwin, Ju Young Kim, and just leave myself a, a little bit more money on the table than I did because there are some players a little bit more up than where I'm going to be right now. So I like that pick. He's top 10 in my model. And as you said, it's going to most likely be a sub 10% version of him, which after last week, like the price tag isn't all that much different. I know this is a stronger field, but he hasn't proven any reason that he like shouldn't be an $8,000 plus golfer at this point. I am really hoping that my guy doesn't get taken here by the audience. Okay. It looks like they already got their pick in. Oh, by the way, Carmen says great pick, Joel. Okay. Um, Webb, first round leader. David, wait and find out. We're going to find out if he's going to be first round leader in about 10 minutes. He will it looks be, like, by the way. <laughs> wow, spoiler alert. Uh, and it looks like Scott Stallings, right? Um, C- oh, no, maybe it's Siwoo Kim that got nominated here. Siwoo by David. And then Siwoo by Justin. So Stallings came too late. Jesse and Steven, our very own Steven, uh, both had Stallings. But it is, in fact, Siwoo Kim, the nominee. Um, anybody have an opinion there on Siwoo? I, I, I do. And I'm, I'm really happy now, even though I still don't have an answer, that I didn't go Webb Simpson and Ju Young Kim because I would have gone, gone Siwoo Kim with the final pick. And then I really would have been in a spot that I didn't know what to do with it. So... I like the pick. Offshore markets really like him. I think the upside's good. The ownership's going to be condensed because we haven't really gotten those boom finishes from him recently. But you're always betting on the upside with Siwoo Kim. And when you can do that when he is, you know, he's sub 5% right now, you always have to like that. I love that. All right. So I'm stalling when I say I love that because, well, there's one guy I know I'm taking. Um, Nick Hardy, he did not get drafted, did he? No. All right, so give me Nick Hardy. Uh, I actually think he profiles really, really well here. Um, Just looking at his putting, for one, which is a huge point of emphasis for me this week, he's gained four out of the last five. Two, no, I should say three of those. Let me just point out three of those. He gained over nine strokes, over 3.8 strokes, and then over 3.8 strokes again last week at the 3M Open. So the putter is there. The approach game has been, you know, okay. The around the green game has been okay. Off the tee game has been pretty good. I, I think that profiles like kind of perfectly here, to be honest with you. So at that price, 7,300, uh, I haven't heard anybody talk about Nick Hardy. So I'm, I'm going to guess, Spencer, that his ownership is somewhere in the range of 
seven percent. Yeah, seven point two percent, and it's you know we get a price reduction on him, um, from what we got last week, and we get a massive ownership uh, reduction with him also. Like he was one of the most popular players going off the board in the tournament last week. So, um, I mean, you have to like that aspect of it. Yeah. So with my last pick now, there's a lot of guys that I'm looking at right now that have gotten a lot of buzz. And I don't want to go with that. I want to complete my team with all AMT times, which so far I have. And I'm tempted to just go down the board and leave some money on the table. But I'm stalling because I want to make sure I don't pass anybody. So I'm just I'm debating now between two guys. And you guys are going to have to bear with me because it's really important. It's your I last find... pick. Tell us who they are. Let's Let's all debate. Oh, that's true. Well, I guess, yeah. So it's between Lee Hodges and Kelly Craft. I considered, I considered Callum Tarrant, for the record, um, because I know he's getting a lot of buzz. And I've been on Lee Hodges for a while. The problem is he's been pretty bad with the putter over the last three. He's lost in all three in a, kind of a significant way. And I'm, I just want to stay consistent, at least with this team, and, and stay with good putters. So believe it or not, I'm going to leave money on the table. I'm going to pass over Callum Tarrant, who I think is a, yes. is a fine pick. And I'm going to take Kelly Craft. I love it. Love the fact that I passed up Callum Terran. No, well, I... no, I, Callum Terran's fine. You like, like Nick likes Callum Terran this week for a top forty. I have no problem with that, but I love the Kelly Craft pick. That's exactly the route I wanted to go initially of Kelly Craft's son. You'll know, and then just stack the top of the board. Yeah, I mean, Craft has made five out of the, the last six cuts. I mean, he seems desperate to get inside that top one twenty-five. He's currently at one thirty-nine, so he needs another couple like very solid performances. Uh, the putter has been really working for him. Uh, you know, let's keep in mind he's Kelly Craft at the end of the day. At the 3M Open, he gained over eight strokes putting. He lost a ton at the Barracuda, or I should say at the Barbasol. But prior to that, he gained three tournaments in a row. So he's gained four out of his last five, most of the time in a pretty significant way. The approach game has been pretty good. Off the tee game has been pretty good. Around the green game has been bad. Shouldn't hurt him here. So uh, give me Kelly Craft. I like it. I like Craft. He's, barely, he's a guy that's like – you know, rarely ever mentioned, but he's on a heater right now. I mean, the last month or so, maybe more, he's been really good. And I, th I think he's a, he's a sneaky, good play, good pick. All right. So, audience, it's on you. And I, I'm looking at nominations right now. I see a few, but I don't see any seconds. How many? How much money do they have left? Um, $8,700. $8,700. Wow. Okay. Um, so, we need some nominations from the audience. I want to make sure I'm not behind on nominations here. CT Pan, he's already been, has he already been drafted? No, I don't he's been, think so. He's been mentioned in the chat, but no, I don't think he's been Okay, drafted. so we need a second for CT Pan or we need further nominations. Edward has nominated Pan. By the way, Edward, isn't it your anniversary with your wife right now? Did you actually get her to watch the show? If so, you're like my actual hero. I think mm -hmm. he was in Discord earlier saying he might, he might not be able to... Uh, he was going to try to convince his wife to watch the show. Anyway, uh, do we have a second for Panda? If not, I'm just going to – you guys are slow on the trigger for once. I'm just going to go ahead and put We got in. a second on pizza. So they're going to get pizza as their last pick. Oh, pizza. And That's a good pick. Pizza. So and you can't That's go wrong with pizza. It's always delicious. So. It's a solid pick. Yeah. David, get your, get your eyes on the prize here. Um, <laughs> Stallings. Okay, it looks like Stallings might be the pick. Um, all right. So we're going to go with Scott Stallings because you guys are taking too long. It looks like Steven – and um, David might have nominated Scott Stallings, which leaves what a thousand on the table. That's interesting because Stallings is certainly going to be chalky, right, guys? Yeah, uh, fourteen point eight percent. That would be the seventh highest person I have in my model. But you're leaving a thousand on the table, so that exactly. certainly makes your lineup different. So I, I I get that. There's certainly some chalky guys in your lineup, but man, you got Danny Willett at one percent. Um, yeah, I, I don't think Siwoo's super chalky, right? And I don't think Matt Kuchar's super chalky either. I think this is a great lineup I, in terms of getting different. Uh, Joel, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, in terms of, you know, I don't think he'll be worried about duplicates and being different. Um, you know, what's unique about it also is you don't have any of the, like, eh, you have Homa, who's up there at the top, but you really avo kind of avoid a lot of those top studs, so... You know, if you get it's more balanced in a way, which I think is a unique way to be different this week. I, I think it's an interesting GPP lineup. All right, cool. Now, All right. right, so Joel, it's uh, on you for the last pick. So I'm going to wrap this up. I mean, I'm going to take Kevin Kisner. 
Um, you know, obviously I have that's the exact salary I have. Um, I'm gonna just double check his ownership numbers about 10%. You know, my overall ownership is, is higher than I would have wanted this week. And you know, I'm accepting that. That's I'm just gonna have to eat some some of that there. But outside of that, you know, Kisner's a guy that tends to play well in bunches, right? You'll have like a you know, he gets streaky and he's on a hot streak right now. I mean, he's been playing well. This is a time where and this is also a course that he likes. I mean, he's he's had he's posted some good results here. Um, last year he was eighth, the 2020, he was third as a type 46, uh, finding some, some momentum. I do think 9,100 is a little too high for him. I would rather see Kisner in the mid to low eight Ks, um, and the ownership a little high, but you know, he's my last pick. I had the right salary for him. So he makes sense for this lineup, but, uh, yeah, that, that's where I'm going to go here. And, you know, overall I will try to get a little different with ownership, but for the most part, I, I'm confident in, uh, in my roster here. Yeah, I mean, if if you're looking at course history, which you only have three years of, I mean, Kisner is like a complete monster, which again goes to show that you don't necessarily need to be a bomber here. Actually, don't. I mean, I think to me, it's almost like a fifty-fifty split. I mean, if you look at the first place guys, that's one thing, but if you look at one through ten, each of these three years, you're going to see more short hitters than you're going to see long hitters. So, um, Kisner has has proven that his model is uh, perfectly fine here. I like the pick, uh, Spencer. It's on you. Last pick. All right. I guess I'll openly, I mean, obviously I have the last pick, so it doesn't matter, but um, let's go through some of these guys that I'm considering. So um, Adam Spenson, don't love the ownership with him. I, I do think that he has a negative trajectory in a lot of ways you want to look. Doug Gim seems to burn me every single week. I don't know if I can go down that path. Um, Michael Gligich, that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. There's going to be a lot of popularity with him also, but I mean, he looks great from a safety perspective. He has five straight top 40 finishes. I always like Austin Smotherman of what he brings to the table. Hmm. Um, I would have considered Kelly Kraft leaving a bunch of money on the table with him. I am considering Justin Lauer of just leaving a bunch of money on the table in that direction also. But I guess I will play this safer if you can call it safer. And I will take Michael Gligich. $7,000. He's 21st in my model. He's eighth for safety. He's 39th for upside. So, you know, this might be a very similar situation that Sia talked about last week with Tyler Duncan, which didn't necessarily work where I don't know if he can win this tournament. I don't know what the upside actually is. And when we're talking about a player that's going to be eight to 10% owned, these are sometimes landmines that you do want to avoid, but I have a top 40 on him at plus 175. If you look at Lauer, you know, just to compare the two, I also have a top 40 on him, but I believe that number is like plus 360. So I'm just going to go the safer route here. Uh, take Gligich and, you know, I, I considered Smotherman also. Maybe that would have been a better route if looking for upside, but I also think there's more volatility with him. Has, has everybody seen... Um... Uh, my wife singing the the uh, the song the David Bolesky Bolesky's tweet. Spencer, have you seen that? I did. I saw it today. Because I can't unhear the Smotherman thing. Like anytime, like it like warms my heart every time somebody says Austin Smotherman. Like I just can't get. It. So if you guys haven't seen it, go to my Twitter. It's like two tweets down. Uh, it's it's pretty great. Something we did uh, with the first cut pod that David helped out with. Uh, anyway, just uh, any. Austin good, Smotherman yeah. makes my he makes my card in, in one way or the other uh, that we'll talk about in a second. So it, that might be a sentimental thing more than an actual good bet thing. So we'll have to wait and see on that. That was fantastic, by the way. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, but yeah, that's a wrap for the draft. Please let us know whose team do you think is going to win. Drop a note in Twitter. Who do you? Which team do you like? Uh, we're not done yet, though. We are going to do our final segment. Who are you surprised? did not get drafted. I'm going to start because I have one that was really itching and I really wanted to take. I just couldn't fit it in. Uh, it's Russell Henley. I think Russell yeah. Henley here makes a lot of sense. About 10%, 8,200. I think in terms of wedge play, he's one of the better players on tour. Um, you know, his form is not all, you know, the best form that he's been in, but I think this is a tournament that that's a get right spot for him here. So I'm going to go with Russell Henley. How about you, Spence? So the player I was talking about when I was saying that there's a golfer that would just leave me with not enough salary with the way I was going to go with it, that would be Adam Scott at 9,300. I really like Scott this week. He's one of the only golfers that you're going to get at sub 10% ownership. And I do think he has some upside to him. Like, obviously, he looked really good at the Open Championship. Uh, he looked good at the U.S. Open. 
he's just he plays such few tournaments that like I don't think people realize what good form he actually is in at this point. But uh, I would have liked the way to fit Adam Scott into my lineup if I could have. Yeah, so it, for me, it doesn't look like Adam Svensson got drafted, correct? No. I'm surprised by that because, he, first of all, his ownership is down from last week, I'm assuming, even though his price is down as well. Spencer, what's his ownership at? Yeah, it was uh, 10.5%. Uh, now, he's an afternoon guy. Keep that in mind, but that's a steal. Like last week, I had 0% Adam Svensson. I, I thought he was way too highly owned. Now you're getting 400 off of him. And by the way, he's a good putter. If you want to factor that in, I know three months ago, everybody thought Adam Svensson was a bad putter because he kind of was. I think he's gained with the putter like eight tournaments in a row. So Adam Svensson would be my answer. Chesson Hadley's another guy that has been really great with the putter and also kind of really great in general over the last three or four tournaments. He's also an afternoon guy. Keep that in mind. But if he hadn't been, and I was trying to do a morning tea time thing, we'll see if that changes. Get into our Discord. We'll all find out. But if he had been a morning guy, I would have taken Chesson Hadley over Kelly Craft for sure. And I also would have taken Adam Svensson over Kelly Craft. So if the weather changes somehow, I mean, I'm definitely big on, on both Chesson and uh, Svensson. I love it. There you have it. That's a wrap for the draft. While we, we're not done yet. While we're transferring, don't forget, if you haven't yet, hit that like button. It goes a long way. Uh, give us a follow if you can. But before we wrap up tonight, we are going to give you our outrights and first round leaders. We'll start in the outright market. Uh, Sia, do you want to kick us off with any outrights? I will. So I'm only going to say, so I'm going to give you six first round leaders. And therefore, I'm only going to give you three, maybe four outrights, and they're all like super long shots. So I don't want to say take these with a grain of salt, but you know, I think these guys have the upside to win for sure. But I didn't want to take any of the shorter odds guys that I actually think might win. Like I'm not betting Cantley at that number. I'm not betting Cam Davis at that number. I'm not betting Mav McNeely at that number. So these are numbers that I think are really palatable for guys who can actually potentially contend here. I'll, I'll be quick. Patrick Rogers, who I already said, Great course fit. Nick Hardy, a guy that's going kind of ignored for some reason, but I think he's also a great course fit. And I, I talked about that when I drafted him. C.T. Pan, another guy that's been very hot with the ball striking. I mean, he's kind of hit or miss, but when he gets it together, the putting has been great. So I think C.T. Pan is great. All three of those guys are 80 to 1. Patrick Rogers, Nick Hardy, C.T. Pan are all 80 to 1. And sentimental value, Austin Smotherman, who has also been striking it very well, is 100 to 1. So those are my four outrights. I just want to add to Pan very quickly. So he's gained with his irons in 10 of his last 12 and off the tee in seven of nine. And when we look at the putter, uh, he's gained six of his last seven tournaments. And I know the long-term putting isn't necessarily what you would want for him, but when a player wins out of nowhere, and if Pan won, I would still say this is out of nowhere, just with the kind of caliber of player he is. It always occurs when the key metrics, which would be off the tee and approach are also being aided by the putting in this spot and this is exactly what we have with him so while i didn't pick pan in my lineup which i wish he was a couple hundred dollars cheaper because that's the route i would have gone uh, i do have a top 40 on him and i don't have the outright but i think that there's upside for sure uh okay <laughs> sorry i'm just i'm just catching up to these comments so this is hilarious um all right so uh okay cool yeah i, I like it not bad for me. I'm a, my outrights this week. I'm just, I only have a few. I do like who I mentioned earlier. I'm Henley at fifty five to one. I think it's a good number for him. I think this is a, if he is going to win a tournament. This is the type of one I, I think he would compete at. And there's two hundred to one plays that I like a lot. Hundred to one, you know, that's a big number. Uh, Sia, you drafted Grayson Sig. I really like him this week. He was mm -hmm. great last week. Very consistent. He's really on a heater. I, I think he can compete this week. And I also like Chris Goddard. Um, you know, he's another guy who we've seen show a lot of upside. Um, I think the, the number on, on those two guys especially is just a little bit too high. So I think you can get some good value there. And then I, I guess just to give mine very quickly on this, um, you know, I am going to go to the top of the board. The two players that ended up getting lost in the shuffle because of that, that I kind of wish I would have found a way. It just didn't work out. Obviously, Webb Simpson, we don't need to go over that. And the other one would be Russell Henley. I think that he has that boom potential that if like the putter can just be a little bit better than he sometimes is, he can win this tournament. But I ended up betting Will Zalatoris at 16 to 1. I know that this is a birdie fest. We can make all the arguments for why this doesn't make sense. But I think if the putter is even 
a little bit above his baseline. I really think he wins this tournament. I took Max Homa at 25 to one and then Sungil no 400 to one. If no wins, I think I'm going to like, I'm pretty much making live money at that point. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, that is great. All right. We're not done yet. Finally, it's the first round leaders. Uh, Sia is good for at least two usually per week, but um, you know, we'll see. We might get three hit on this week. You never know. Uh, Spence, why don't you kick us off? We like in the first round leader market. So a lot of long shots for me with uh, two of the guys that I mentioned that I wanted to take in the outright market that I'm going to take here instead. So Aaron Badley, 250 to one. Sung you'll know 180 to one. Yes, that's on the wrong side of the weather draw, but I'm just going to trust my numbers with him. Justin Lauer, 140 to one. John Hutt, 110 to one. And then Webb Simpson, Russell Henley, both of those two will be 55 to one. And I kind of have a gut feeling that one of those two might end up actually being the first round leader this week. I love it. I love it. Uh, I got a few of the long shots. I like 90 to one is that sweet spot for me. There's three guys at 90 to one. I like Harris English, Trey Molinox, and Jay, uh, James Hahn, all 90 to one. Uh, I also like uh, put a, a ticket on uh, Jonathan Vegas at 65 to one for first round leader. But I'm actually going to save most of my money for what C is about to enlighten us on for his first round leader play. CS, who you taking? So first of all, Trey Mullinax, I think is really interesting. Uh, I I have him as a guy that's probably going to be in my player pool. Let me just double check. I do want to find out if he's morning or not. Oh, he's in the afternoon. But either way, I think he's interesting. I mean, he's gained ball striking two tournaments in a row, which is saying a lot for him because the last time that happened was two years ago at the 3M Open and at the Rocket Mortgage. Uh, but the, the putting has actually uh, been okay too in this in this very short sample size. So Mullinax is interesting, bomb and gouge. I mean, it makes sense. Okay, so here's the thing. Guys, girls, everybody, what is this tournament called? Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage. What do we do with first-round leader bets? Put our entire mortgage put our entire mortgage except this time i have six first round leaders so i ask in fact beg of you to find six mortgages and to put them each i, I you know as much as i want to just showcase one guy and i do there's one guy i'm more confident but i love all six of these guys so i have a feeling that they're all going to be tied for first place and I don't want you to have to pro rata share that out one sixth of it. I'd rather you just have a, a rocket mortgage on all six of them. So you're getting basically the full payout. Effectively, you're getting the full payout there. Are you guys ready for the six golfers that are going to be the first round leader on Thursday night at your 2022 rocket mortgage? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear what he says. All right. So let's get started with Cam Davis. This is the shorter of the odds. It's 35 to one. Give me Cam Davis, the defending champion. Listen, last week, he was really good. It was just a couple of blow-up holes where he got a triple here and a double here because there were water hazards everywhere. That's not going to happen here. You're not going to have the hazards. He's He is just the perfect course fit for this course. I don't have him as an outright because I just don't love the number, but I'll take him as a first-round leader at 35-1. to 1. The next guy is Mark Hubbard at 50-1. to 1. We talked about him earlier in the show. Definitely a good course fit. He's been playing very well, like him at 50-1. to 1. CT Pan at 65-1. to 1. Guys, girls. That's practically stealing. 65 to 1 first round leader. You heard the metrics in terms of his ball striking off the tee, on approach, with the putter. It's pretty awesome. That's an awesome number at 65 to 1. That should be more like 50 to 1. All right, next, Grayson Sig at 80 to 1. More like Grayson Sig. Am I right, Joel? That's, yeah, easy. One. He has been an absolute monster. That's why I have him on my DraftKings team. Austin Smotherman, can he do it for four rounds? No. Can he do it for one round? Yes, at 80 to 1. So Sig and some other men are at 80 to 1. And your absolute rock solid guaranteed lock. I got him at 85 to 1. On DraftKings right now, he's 75 to 1. I, I probably moved the market because, you know, I, I do that all the time. I don't. Patrick Rogers at 75 to 1 or 80 to 1 or 85 to 1, wherever you can get him. He will be tied for first with the other five guys as your first round leader at your rocket mortgage you make welcome. sure you get that in now because i see you said that's going to be negative odds by the morning so six mortgages please yeah. so everything like definitely borrow money from your parents you're gonna be able to pay them back on thursday night so it's no problem but take out their mortgage 
you know, if they if it ends up not winning, what's the big deal? They live on the streets, you know, they'll get over it. But you should do that for sure. The key is what people don't understand is that most people take out second mortgages. So you can, in, in one fell swoop with your, with your parents, you can probably get two of those mortgages right there. Yeah. All right. Easy. Yeah. Easy. And, and this is sound financial advice. So you should probably. I should say, Joel, I, sh I should have said, you're right. I should say yeah. I'm an attorney, licensed yeah. attorney in Florida and Virginia. So you can take it from me that all of this, everything I've said in the last six or seven minutes, very good idea. Very. And, and Some of the best ideas. If you're taking this seriously you have bigger problems than what we've said so this is just beyond help at this point <laughs> but that's a wrap for tonight it's going to be a fun tournament tune in we got some money to make check back in for the weather wave uh tomorrow where we can make sure we'll see the definitive edge on how that's going to look don't forget to hit the like button let us know whose team you like best and see what i forget um smother man uh and hmm i think that's it Sports, sports.